0: Welcome back to Ohio 88 Podcast. I'm Heather, as always. I actually have a special episode for you guys today. I was contacted recently by a family member of a victim that I discussed in our Juan Kinley episode. Uh, So I just kind of wanted to, you know, have a little conversation with her and see maybe what she could provide um, regarding who the victim was, um, things that she knows about the victim, things along those lines. So, I'm going to go ahead and introduce her now, and we can see where this episode goes. Again, this is from the Juan Kinley episode, so if you guys want to go back and refresh yourselves, that was episode 12, Clark County. Um, so, Gracie, uh, would you like to introduce yourself and maybe tell people your, I guess, your connection to the case, if you don't mind?
1: Yeah, so uh, my name's Gracie um, Thelma um was actually my aunt. Um, She was my dad's sister Um, so I never actually got to meet her or um, my cousin David because of this that happened um, a few years before I was born Um, but like growing up and stuff I always heard a lot about it Um, because of my dad he was um, he had a lot to do with the case um, when it happened so it was um, always something that I grew up with and you know, big part of my family. So
0: yeah. Right. So I I can't even imagine how hard that must have been growing up. I mean, I know you weren't, you know, in the midst of it, you weren't really there when, you know, everything was fresh and happening. And, you know, like kind of how your dad had to go through it and deal with it and cope and things Mm -hmm. like, you kind of got that second hand. But I can still imagine that it would be difficult, you know, at family functions, and maybe with, you know, talking to your father about different things, I'm sure he Mm -hmm. is still to this day, probably pretty upset about it.
1: Yeah. My dad's a very emotional person in general. Um, and he, he was very close with Thelma. There were, um, like nine kids in their family. So dad was the second youngest out of nine kids and Thelma was six years older than him. So they were pretty close. Um, and he, um, now dad has dementia. So, I mean, he's, um, like, he's wanting to make sure that like, um, you know, people know stuff about her. So like, I talked to him before I emailed you, um, to make sure that he was okay with me talking to you about this stuff. So he thought that it was important to discuss things because he still has a hard time with it. Um, it was just the 33rd anniversary on the 10th. Mm. Um, and he um, just, you know, growing up, he always, like, instilled in me and my um, sister, you know, um, things to watch out for with, like, abusive relationships to make sure that the same thing didn't happen to us eventually, you know, that was a big thing, and, you know, important to him to make sure that we would be okay, um, because he was very close with my aunt, and, um, like, a he watched um, my cousin quite a bit. Him and my mom did. Um, and like a few days before it had happened, that, um, my mom and dad were test driving a car. And they saw David um, walking towards the apartment complex um, that they lived at at the time. And they picked him up. And um, he had dinner with them that night. And he, he, my dad said to him, he's like, David, you know, he's going to kill your mom. And mm. David, he was like, I know. And then a few days later was when everything happened, so.
0: Oh, my gosh, dude. I can't even – that made my heart, like, sink. That is so sad. Like, And, and I kind of discussed it a little bit in the episode, and I feel like it, it needs to be discussed more widely, you know, among mm-hmm. society in general with, you know, abusive relationships and things like that and the signs and the help mm-hmm. and the resources that really, you know, there are resources out there, but they're so hard for victims to find and to get. hmm yeah, because, like, she had um, an appointment with Project Woman, like,
1: you know, like you mentioned in the podcast, like, the same day that she was killed. Yeah. Um, Dad said that, like, um, I th- I can't remember if it was the day before, or, like, a few days before. So, um, they had worked, Dad worked at Racks, and so Aunt Thelma worked there with him, too. And Tony, uh, well, Juan, um, he had worked With them as well, but he got fired for beating up my Aunt Thelma at work. Um, And so he was stalking her and was like watching them in the window. And so dad took her home and had her call Project Woman. And um, then um, she was supposed to take David to school that day, but he got sick. And so he went to work with her. And then Juan um was stalking them showed up where she was cleaning at that house and then um attacked her and David
0: so it's ugh, i there are no words to describe how i feel about this man it's so disgusting mm-hmm. and you know it's disgusting enough and horrible enough to do this to another adult but you know what what was the 12 year old doing you know like there's no yeah. reason for it at all yeah it was you know he was there and um
1: you know he um is simply because he was there a and, witness <laughs> Yeah and Tony Kinley he was um he said um before he's like, you know, if I can't have you nobody will mm-hmm. and they they didn't date for long. Dad said, um But then I know you had mentioned in the podcast about, like, um, where Thelma had gone to the movie. So Tony and um, my aunt had been broken up when she was on the date with that other guy. And um, he was just um, really jealous about things. And um, where she there was um, he had gotten in trouble for beating her up. He broke um, the bone like under her eye. And, um, the money that he stole from her when he killed her, he paid his fine with it.
0: <laughs> Jeez. And,
1: yeah. And, um, the envelope with, like, the flower on it that you, um, talked about in the podcast. Like, my dad, um, he was also one of the people that, like, identified it. He didn't have to do a testimony or anything because there was enough evidence against him to, and, like, they knew right away that he was the one that did it. hmm Um, just because of the abuse that my aunt, like, went through and
0: stuff like that. You know, he was... And he was pretty careless, too, about his actions. I mean, he it didn't seem like he tried to cover too much up. I mean, he was even talking about, you
1: mm-hmm. know, committing the murder
0: and everything to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his mom
1: actually tried to help um, cover stuff up and get rid of evidence and stuff, oh, and she God. never got in trouble for it, um, but she she's passed away now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um but yeah she tried to help him cover it up and um there was actually a time when he and his mom sat in the driveway in front of my mom and dad's house like when everything was going on to try to like intimidate my parents um and he had told my dad you know he was like um if I ever get out of prison he's like I'm coming after you next
0: jeez
1: yeah and so now like I think it was a few months ago, or maybe sometime last year, he got sick and they had to take him to um, the hospital at Ohio State, and they had to call and contact my dad and tell him, you know, like, hey, he's not currently at the prison, but he's on lockdown at the hospital. Mm. Um, yeah, so dad still gets notifications and stuff like that. See, that's
0: that's one of the things that I've always wondered too, because I feel like, you know, there's always. Well, not always, but the majority of the time, there's a, there's a contact person in the family that is mm-hmm. going to be the one receiving all of these notifications. Like, hey, this person was released or this person may be going getting paroled or this person is in the hospital. Like, how, like, has your dad talked to you about how that makes him feel still getting those notifications? I'm sure he's probably on edge at all times.
1: Um, yeah, it still makes him nervous. Um, dad's a pretty religious person, um growing up he wasn't he had a lot of like you know hate in his heart about everything
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um but he I talked to him um this morning just um to write a few things down that way you know I knew what you know some things he wanted me to talk about Mm -hmm. and he's like you know he's he's like I've you know I forgive him he goes Thelma would have wanted that too just because you know like she was a really nice person and she cared a lot about people and um mm-hmm. and you know dad doesn't want him to get out of prison by any chance just because of the threat to our family still um right but you know dad it it still hurts him and he was crying um mm-hmm. when I was talking to him this morning about stuff just because even though you know it's been 33 years since it happened now it's still um pretty real for dad he um, uh it, it, he's still scared, you know, sometimes, but he's, you know, he hopes that, you know, if Tony, like, with dad's beliefs, he hopes that, like, he's asked for forgiveness and stuff, and, you know, yeah, trying to make things right for himself, um, and I think that that's pretty big of him, just because, like, growing up, my dad was very, like, he had, a lot of hate and we, um, my sister and I like heard about it a bit and, um, you know, like he would tell us that if a guy ever like treated us like that, that he, you know, he would take care of it himself and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. And you could just see like the hurt in his eyes and, you know, David was, um, he had only been 12 for about a month when he died and, um, dad just you know talks about the um stuff that he um he would come to work with Thelma sometimes at racks when they worked there together and dad and Thelma would close together and um so David would be in the lobby playing with stuff and one year um Thelma got them um remote control cars (laughs) and dad bought him batteries um that way he could play with it and he said he was just you know sitting in the lobby
0: and just playing with it you know being a kid Aww. and that's so like sweet and innocent just picturing that now for people who don't know or who aren't from ohio can you explain what Rax is so um it was kind of like an arby's
1: um mm-hmm. so it was just a fast food restaurant um and uh dad worked there for um years so but I think they're pretty much out of business now there might be like one in the Columbus area but
0: yeah no I more. thought so too yeah. I hadn't seen them in a while actually I, was, I kind of forgot they existed honestly yeah a lot of people have so. yeah <laughs> but so um quick question so I know we've talked a lot about David um and mm-hmm. and feel free definitely to share more about his personality and things if you if mm-hmm. you'd like but um didn't didn't he have another brother as well? Was it Daniel? Yeah, my cousin Daniel. Um, Was he older, younger?
1: Um, I think he's older. Um, yeah, he, um, it, you know, affected him greatly. He hasn't really led a good life, in and out of jail. No. Um, drug abuse and stuff like that which I mean you know going through something like that as a kid like that's completely understandable like we've um we've tried you know to my dad tried to help him out quite a bit and stuff but he's just still not in a good place yeah um and like I don't really talk to him I've you know been around him and stuff quite a bit he um but I just With things that have happened, just try to keep my distance. So
0: yeah, I mean, I get that, and I don't. Mm -hmm. You don't feel free not to elaborate anymore on that. I get that. There's a few of my family members that are kind of in that same situation. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you care about them, you see them at certain events, but it's not one of those things where you really keep in touch because sometimes it's hard. I have Mm -hmm. a few family members that are in and out of jail and in and out Mm -hmm. of prison and have you know rehab tendencies. You know, they're they in and out of rehab constantly or, you know, just on the streets because they just can't get the resources, the help, the initiative to, to get the help, you know, and they're just mm-hmm. kind of lost, for lack of a better yeah. word. Um, mm-hmm. So I get that. And I'm that's really, it's really awful that he's living that kind of life because of what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really sad. I'm so, so, so sorry to hear that. But. Yeah, it. For your yeah. dad, like, you know, you mentioned that he was upset and crying this morning when he was talking to you. So it, it sounds like, you know, this is one of those things where it doesn't matter the time that passes. You know, people talk about, oh, they, they didn't get closure or they got closure, so they should be good, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe in that word closure. I don't think that that's a mm-hmm. thing that exists. I think that maybe you get answers and you can cope a little bit better. But I don't Mm -hmm. think there's ever fully closure, and I I feel like that's kind of the situation that your dad is in because this affected him greatly, and he has to relive this all the time. Every time he gets a notice about the guy who killed his sister, Mm -hmm. he has to relive it. So there's never going to be closure even though the guy is locked up.
1: Yeah. he uh, Dad had to identify um, Thelma and David. David was just – he was hit in the back of the head. Um, with the machete so you know he his injuries weren't as bad but um, dad said that like um, my aunt she had 15 gashes to the face and so he was the one that identified them and like he had to look at the pictures and stuff he's like yeah that's them and like they they couldn't even have a close like an open casket for um, her so they had them both closed um, and um, they, like, they still use the case for, like, training and stuff, um, just because of, like, how bad it was. Mm. Um, yeah. Um my, um, husband, he, like, before we got married, he was taking classes at Clark State for, like, criminal justice stuff. Mm. And it was, like, the, they had the, one of the detectives from the case come in and talk to his class, oh, um, wow. about it. So, yeah. And but, yeah, this this morning when I was talking to dad, he like um, there was one point like they were having some trouble up here. So the kids had to go down to Kentucky and live with their grandpa. And um, dad said that one day him, um, Aunt Thelma and then my Aunt Nadine, they, tra- um, they tried to skip school. <laughs> so they were like walking up to where the bus stop was. And they found this uh, car that was at, like, one of my other family members' properties. And they got in it and hid (laughs) and waited. And then they walked back. And um, Thelma had gotten her um, stockings dirty. And my grandpa, uh, well, their grandpa was, like, asking questions. And she was like, no, I stepped on a cow's tail and it knocked me over. (laughs) And, And he called the truant officer and um came and picked him up and took him to school
0: oh, um <laughs> party pooper
1: yeah <laughs> and but that said you know Thelma she always you know she tried to hold the family together and stuff and you know she really like tried to take care of dad and stuff and she is just always kind-hearted in the other podcast you mentioned about like her being called misty yeah. so that that was because um she and my aunt nadine didn't like their names <laughs> so they picked names for themselves as kids so hers Aww. was misty and my aunt's was aaron oh <laughs> so That's funny. yeah so that that was her nickname and um one of daniel's um kids um his daughter he named her misty because oh. that was like always what Thelma wanted to be called so
0: oh i love that oh that gave me yeah. goosebumps <laughs> that's yeah. so sweet So, okay. So Thelma seems like, the, <laughs> she seems like the aunt that I would want to hang out with all the time. Honestly, she sounds like the fun one who's like a mm-hmm. little bit, I want to get in a little bit of trouble, but not like a lot, you know, just a little bit of skipping school, you know, nothing, nothing yeah. too intense, <laughs> but enough to be like, yeah, I'm a kid. This is cool. But mm-hmm. and I know you, you said you hadn't met her, right? Cause you weren't, right. you weren't born yet. So how mm-hmm when your dad described her, how did he describe her as being an adult? Like, so when she was an adult, how was she like, was she still super spontaneous type fun or was she like more, you know, I got to do this, this and this, everything's in order. You know, did he Um, ever describe that kind of stuff? Kinda. He,
1: um, he talked about like how, like she was a really hard worker and like she you know she was still very family oriented, and you know trying to you know still trying to do stuff for the family you know she was working at racks and then she was cleaning that house and stuff um mm-hmm. on the side to make sure that like she you know provided for her family, and um Dad said she always like had a really hard life, but she you know tried to make the best of it, and um you know did what she could to take care of things and um from what I remember she seemed pretty independent um because she you know she tried to do a lot of stuff on her own mm-hmm. um with the kids so yeah
0: she sounds she sounded like a really great lady yeah she um dad you know really loved her and you know
1: she um He said that, like, when they were younger, like, she tried to, uh, he had chicken pox and he was really sick. And so she took care of him, like, held him and
0: rocked him and stuff. And, um, yeah, you know, he, she had that mama bear instinct. She was, yeah, very nurturing. Yeah. Yeah. And dad, he would always tell me,
1: he was like, you know, she always wanted a daughter. And he was like, she would have absolutely loved you. Aww. And, um, you know, just, um, he, he said that quite a bit growing up and, you know, I wish I could have met her. Um, but it was, um, I think, um, 89 when it happened and I was born in 95. So, you know, a few years, um, difference and,
0: um, so. so, question about your dad. Did he stay in that same area after all this happened or did he move away? Because I know you guys are all still in Ohio, right? Yeah, we still live in
1: Springfield. Um, so, yeah, we're still in Clark County. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our family's from Kentucky and so, um, but we he stayed here and so this is where I grew up and actually went to um I went to school at Shawnee, so it was uh, just minutes away from where um like um the house is that um, it happened at so
0: is that house still there Mhm yeah um
1: I was looking at it cuz I um I knew um that the the people that lived there when it happened they stayed there until 2013 so like they just sold the house in 2013 which I I don't wow. know how like they would have been able to stay there like you know knowing what happened there like that would have freaked me out I wouldn't have been able to do it but
0: wow um, that's yeah. crazy I, I wouldn't even mm-hmm. expected that I, I'm kind of like you I would have thought that somebody would have been like yeah there's bad karma here now I'm gonna go ahead and sell this place <laughs> yeah that. yeah but you know I
1: get everybody handles things differently so I yeah. guess they just you know they wanted to stay there but
0: yeah it's it's still there wow so, mm-hmm does your dad ever drive by there anymore? I mean, I'm sure he probably did in the beginning because he was probably really upset mm-hmm. still. But, I mean, I feel like it would be kind of hard to go by there.
1: I don't think he does. Um, he hasn't, like, mentioned it or anything. I know, like, when we were younger, like, we had driven past it. And, like, so I kind of um, knew where it was when I was little. But um, I don't think he still drives past it now.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't say that I blame him. I don't think I would be able to. Yeah, it not be too hard. Mm-hmm. So did he ever share with you, because um, in the original episode, I mentioned something about a news article that I found about him, uh, Kinley, basically requesting mm-hmm. to attend the funeral, and how your dad sat in the truck with a shotgun. Um, did he ever share so, that story with you? Um, so that was actually um, my
1: uncle oh Um, okay yeah so that was my uncle that did that he um i i hadn't heard that before um so that was uh new to me but then i went to the links that you had and read the article um but yeah so that was my um uncle hc um he uh, there like i said there were nine kids out of that family so all had their demons and You know, my uncle at the time, you know, he wasn't a good person all the time, but he, you know, a lot of hate in his heart for stuff. And I know he and my dad, they both um, wanted to, like, they both wanted to be there, like, when they executed Tony, well, Juan, um, and he went by Tony, like, I guess that was his nickname, so, but they both wanted to be there, but now um, Uncle HC, his health isn't very good. And my dad's had some health issues himself. So, you know, I don't know if like he'll actually, like if either one of them will actually make it to when it's happened because, you know, Tony's been on death row for so long now. Yeah. Um, I don't
0: even think mm -hmm. there's a date planned for the execution either.
1: mm -mm. I think he has one more um, parole hearing and, you know, which it's, that's you know a little scary I don't think that they'll let him out but you know just the fact that you know he said that if he ever did get out that he would come after my dad so like that's always something that just makes us a little uneasy and um, because the house that like my parents were living at that like that he would know like where it was is um, on the property that my mom's parents still currently live at and so my dad doesn't live there anymore so you know, oh. that's just, you know, extra, like, anxiety is, like, if he were to ever get out, um, right. you know, my grandparents being there.
0: Um, See, that's really scary, too, when you think about it, because, you know, we, we share these stories, and I say we as in, like, podcasters who share these true mm-hmm. crime stories, and... We share them, but, you know, we don't have that level of connection. We don't have that level of fear. We don't have that level of anxiety that you guys are dealing with because, you know, there's always that threat that's in the back of your mind. Like with this case in particular where he threatened, he actually threatened your father. So now Mm -hmm. not only is your father worried about that, but now the entire family, it's like a ripple effect. You all have to be worried about that because you're constantly looking over your shoulder you know is he going to get out and if he does is he going to come here is he going to go there he knows this member of my family he can find me like i can't imagine what that's done to you guys over the course of the last 30 years Mm -hmm. yeah
1: it it oh dad main concern is like you know now he has us so I'm the oldest of the four kids and so you know that's concerning to dad you know if he does get out you know he you know it's not only my dad's life that he's threatened now like it's all of ours Mm -hmm. um and yeah and uh it's um I lost my train of thought (laughs) but no it's you know there's there's more people at stake now I guess than just my dad
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: just with like um my stepmom my brothers and sisters you know and then like my grandparents and um you know my family now you know I've got um you know, my husband, I just had a baby, um, like, a, almost a month ago. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's scary, you know, I didn't have to, you know, I didn't live through that, you know, myself, but just, you know, growing up, hearing the stories about it, and, you know, seeing, you know, everybody, you know, people upset from it, Um, like, it, it still, like, there's always, like, that little thought in the back of your head about, you know, if, if he were to get out and, um, but I, I really don't think that um, um, he ever will, so.
0: Yeah, I don't, it doesn't seem like he will, but, you know, there yeah. crazier things have happened in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But so. he, so, I guess I, I can't figure out like the connection in the sense that like why did he threaten your dad did he threaten the whole family did he threaten just your dad was your dad like the one standing up to him for for his sister like what was Um, the reason dad got them to break up dad Uh... got
1: them aunt Thelma to leave him and that you know part of the reason why you know him saying you know if I can't have you nobody will um so dad encouraged her to break up with him encouraged her to call project woman um you know dad um identified um some of the things like with the case that helped build evidence against him to put him in prison um yeah so dad Dad was pretty involved with um like the investigation and everything to make sure that he was put away and you know and he was involved pretty heavily with Aunt Thelma's life before all of it happened with um because he um he and my mom they watched David quite a bit and they spent a um dad spent a lot of time with uh David when he was little so they were they were pretty close and um Tony had been in um uh, in trouble beforehand and dad, you know, trying to help out being a good person, um, you know, gave him a job at Rex too, mm. um, you know, helping, you know, things might straighten, you know, he might straighten up, you know, giving him a chance. And then, you know, he has started abusing my aunt and everything. And, um, so yeah, he, yeah so That's cool. I, i'm sure like the threat stood for the whole family but um like even the detectives like said to my dad he was like he's like if he gets out he will try to come after you and dad's like i know so
0: yeah. jeez did he ever receive threats like from mail or anything while he's been locked away or um not that i
1: know of um dad's contemplated like writing him um letters a few times like to just talk to him about things yeah um but he hasn't done it just because he's not you know the fear of you know he's like if I put in this letter you know that um you know I've forgiven him for stuff but I still think that he needs to pay for what he did um he um he's like you know I don't know if that would affect the um parole hearing and if that would give him a chance to get out and oh yeah yeah so he hasn't you know done anything like that but I'd be um, fearful
0: of that as well mm-hmm. yeah. mm. so. well is there anything else that you want to share with me or with us like what you maybe want people to know about Thelma David your dad any of your family a big thing for me is like you know I
1: I feel like, you know, Aunt Thelma would want people to, you know, learn from her story, Um, you know, not just, you know, feel bad for her because, you know, she was the victim of abuse, and unfortunately, um, with the way things work, you know, she wasn't able to get help fast enough, and if people, you know, experiencing, like, the abuse and stuff like that, and, like, they're afraid to get out, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get help and everything but it like it affects your family long term if something really bad happens to you and you know it's gonna be scary getting that help and stuff but I felt you know it's really important to you know do everything you can to get help and you know and I know you know some people can't but I, re- I really feel like Aunt Thelma would want people to learn from this and you know not make the same mistakes that she did with things and you know end up like her so, if that makes sense you know
0: yeah yeah it definitely does yeah and I I, I kind of want to piggyback off of that and just you know reiterate mm-hmm. what we talked about in the beginning there just needs to be more resources and the availability of them and being able to find them I think is a real problem in society we we may have some resources but how hard is it to get them to get the help through those resources for people who are struggling in abusive relationships sometimes you know it it doesn't sound like it was the case in Thelma's situation but sometimes you know those who are being abused don't even have a home so how are they to find these resources so I feel like there's needs to be more communication more discussion about this overall and more resources out there. Yep. Well, I appreciate your time and and reaching out and sharing, you know, information about Thelma, David, Daniel, your family, um, mm-hmm. your dad. I thank him for me. I mm-hmm. uh, I can't even imagine what he's gone through over the last three decades. And, you know, now that he has his own family and you know, worrying Mm -hmm. about you guys as well, that cannot be easy. So he, he is so strong. I can't even (laughs) describe how strong it feels like he is. And Mm -hmm. just everything that you guys as a family have had to go through over the years, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I commend you and I'm sorry. I know that's like the worst thing you can say to somebody because, you know, what does that do? But I, you know, from deep down, I, i can't imagine going through anything that you guys have gone through and you know i i just wish circumstances were different but i think you're right i think that the type of person thelma appears to have been she would mm-hmm. definitely want people to hear this and you know take steps sooner and get the help they need and if they are scared tell somebody you mm-hmm. know it's not it's not worth it it's not worth losing your life yep all right well you guys that was Gracie she is the niece of Thelma from our episode 12 again if you haven't listened to that go back listen to it get some details and you'll understand a little bit of what she was talking about here today um and if you have any questions send them our way and I'll get those over to Gracie and maybe she can help provide some insight yep awesome well thank you Gracie I appreciate all of your time and um I hope to stay in contact with you and maybe if anything else comes up or if you want to share anything else, you know, there's definitely a platform for you here. So you have my information. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um,